Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael Lupod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer Rohan Nodkerny. Rohan, in in many ways, we were born to record today's episode. I don't think we've ever received more DMs, tweets, emails from listeners, really just begging to hear it. Um, Our personal Cold War that was the Eastern Conference Finals has finally ended in the most dramatic way possible as the Boston Celtics narrowly escaped FTX Arena with a win on Sunday night. We will forge ahead in greater detail very soon. But first, how are you feeling today, my friend? Mike, so I don't know if you've had this experience, but I'm sure you have. But every year, Memorial Day creeps up and I don't I forget that it's a holiday. I forget that it's a day off because it's always right in the middle of the NBA playoffs. And everyone's like, oh, do you want to do this bar? Usually there's a game and I'm like, I you know, I lose track of days very easily during the NBA playoffs. I genuinely do not know what day it is half the time. Same. And I had a couple friends yesterday who were had an off day. And we ended up doing the greatest Memorial Day activity you could possibly do, which is go see Top Gun Maverick in theaters <laughs> in a in a in a lovely Dolby theater, fantastic picture, fantastic sound. And let me tell you, you know, I live maybe a couple miles from the Scientology Celebrity Center. I was intrigued after the movie. I was, you know, (laughs) I was was like, if this is what they're capable of, uh, maybe I should swing by. It was truly a thrill ride. And if you're able to go see it in theaters, you should, because that that is that was a absolutely iconic film. I've heard nothing but good things. I'm glad that you picked up some Scientology literature on the way home from the theater. <laughs> Just get your mind right um, as we head into the summer. That's good to hear. I want to see that movie, uh, hopefully in theaters. Um, 
Can we we need we need like an off season movie club. I think is like everyone's doing book clubs. Let's do an off season movie club. How about that? I'm down. There I'm available. All Let's right. go. Um, okay, so Rohan, on today's show, we will dive into Game Seven's emotional fallout. We will wonder what's next for the Miami Heat, and we will conduct a mega NBA Finals preview. But first, a quick reminder to keep your emails coming, openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. All right, Rohan, so why don't we begin at the end of Game 7 and work our way back a little bit? Um, I'm, of course, referencing the biggest shot of Jimmy Butler's career. It was all anyone wanted to talk about after the game. I'm just curious. Walk us through your thoughts. I have my thoughts. Walk us through your thoughts as it was happening. If you, th- I know you wrote a piece on SI.com, so I kind of know how you feel. Mm-hmm. But if you thought it was good, whether you agree with the Monday morning quarterback criticism, the floor is yours to just open a vein. I appreciate it. So let me just say that this experience watching Jimmy Butler in the playoffs was supremely satisfying and... One of the things that comes with losing in the conference finals, right, is I I don't know that this is going to be – I don't think this Jimmy Butler run is going to be remembered necessarily, which bums me out because I think he has an argument for being the best player on the floor in every series he played in. I think he has an argument for being a top two or three guy in the playoffs this year. I think the version of Jimmy Butler that we saw in the playoffs I think was good enough to be – the best player on a championship team. And I don't know that we've always known that. And the fact that he put together that, that postseason, you just really hope he can do it again. That's it. You just really hope he can do it again because this stretch of Jimmy Butler, I think best play of his career by far. And I think definitely could have, especially the way the NBA is set up right now, which I think it's in a great place. And we'll talk about that when we get to the finals preview Like, I love this space we're in with the NBA where it feels like there's more guys than ever right now that could be the best player on a championship team. Like, maybe eight to ten guys even. It's it's thrilling. It's exciting. And I just was so happy for Jimmy that even after the injury, you know, I wrote about it before the series. Like, is he going to be able to keep it up against the Celtics? And the fact that he had two 40-point games, like, let, let all players in scoring in the series. I didn't think that was going to be possible after the, uh, the games four and five that he had, but he really stepped through. So that I, just a lot of emotion leading into that shot because it had been a crazy game. It was kind of a microcosm for the series where I think you and I both felt the same way coming in. The Celtics are a better team. And Miami just found a way to like junk up the series enough to give themselves a chance. And it felt like this game seven, the Celtics were a better team, but Miami kept finding ways to give themselves a chance. It all led to that Jimmy shot. And I think in the moment, as he was shooting it, I didn't have confidence it was going in because I've seen a lot of Jimmy did Butler. Did you say you didn't? You I did didn't. not have confidence? I did not. I mean, I've watched so many Heat games, you know. He he had a shot. It was 82-79 earlier in the fourth quarter. He took a similar pull-up three. It's just not his shot at the end of the day. It's just not his shot. I think the threes he's hit this series have either been... He had that one walk-up pull-up three, but that was literally him walking up. The threes he's hit 
typically when Derek White was looking at him and pointing and like, is anyone going to get him? Because I don't want to. Yeah. Um, You know, have been really set shots and he's had time to kind of sit there and think about it. That wasn't this one. But uh, I didn't have confidence it was going in, to be honest. He front rimmed it. I think he was trying to compensate for his momentum and that's why he front rimmed it. Because like usually when you're kind of going, he was going pretty fast leading up into the shot. You try to sit back on it, pull, take a little bit off. And I think he took too much off. But if you told me before the season, game seven, Jimmy Butler's going to get an open three. And that's what your season comes down to. I think you take that 10 times out of 10, even if he's not a good three-point shooter. You live with your best player taking that shot. And after time, I was like, yeah, I, I loved it. I love that he went for the win. And there's so many factors when you think about it, like, there's no way he would have survived in overtime. I mean, he'd played every second of that game. Um, th- There's no way he would have survived in overtime. I think there's – it's not that I think, you know, you would have rocked Boston's confidence. Like, that is a, a team that came back from down 3-2 against Milwaukee in Milwaukee. But to there's a level of doubt that you can instill if you hit that three as well. Um, That, yeah, man – you take that shot. You just take that shot. Like, uh, you you live with your best player taking an open shot. Like, you can't be upset at the results. Like, that's really when it comes down to make or miss. Like, it was an open three. It's a what if only because the shot didn't go in, and now you're always like, oh, what if he had taken it inside? Could he have drawn the foul, etc.? But I think at the time, I didn't have confidence it was going in, and I thought it was those two threes he took in the fourth were the only shots that he took all game that I didn't like. But... I, I'm not upset about it. I'm not mad about it. I mean, the guy played his ass off. Um, you know, you, you live or die with him as you did all series. So I thought I was, I'm a process versus results mm-hmm. type of analyst when I look at basketball. Sure. And, and it's like, I was honestly even I expected people to second guess it a little. I was honestly like stunned by the post game, how that like dominated the post game conversation. Oh, really? I mean I it's just like, it's such a like a delicious, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it was it was yeah. it was very dramatic. Yeah. It was like cinematic. Exactly. Um, That's what it was. And for me it's like you obviously take that shot. Of course. Like, I, I think Spo <laughs> said it. Like, we can't design a more open look than that. Like, people in Boston are, were criticizing Marcus Smart's, Marcus Smart's shot selection in the last four minutes of that game because he missed three threes that were open. And it's like, you take those shots. Mm-hmm. And this is what we say. When it's a make or miss league, this is what we're talking yep. about. These specific looks. Yeah. You create Such the open a good look. Point. And if you miss it, you miss it. Yeah. If you make it, that's great. Yeah. But you, I, I mean, the people who are like, man, he should have driven right at Al and Horford. And also people who like Al Horford, Jimmy, I think rightly knew last time he drove at Al Horford, he got away with an offensive foul. Um, Horford had blocked Struess at the rim earlier in the game. Horford's a good defender and he's a good rim defender. Like he's Jimmy, a great Jimmy, Jimmy, I, I like, like, didn't even understand that argument. Yeah, like, like Jimmy, it's like Jimmy has had success against him, but he's also not like it's it's no, in no way a sure thing. People were like, he's obviously drawing contact and getting an and one, and it's like what? 
<laughs> that seems more likely to you than him hitting a wide open three. And if you if you rewatch the play, which I've done dozens of times, and every time, to be honest with you, I think it's going in because um, I'm sick in the head. Uh, it's like Horford's backpedaling. Jalen Brown is looking at Victor Oladipo, who I want to talk about a little <laughs> more later on. He's on the on the weak side. Jalen's like, kind of ignoring him. Jalen is like, I am ready to just sprint yes. into the paint yep. if yep. if Jimmy Butler is going to put the ball on the floor. Tatum, and go all Tatum the way is to the rack. practically hugging Struess. I mean, it's like I, I just I'm I just wanted to talk about this at the top because I was like, you know I what I you know what I love chest. about that play by the way about the Celtics is if you think back to the literally the first game of the playoffs that they played when the Celtics had that scramble situation at the end and the Nets just completely botched it defensively. Now, granted, there was a little bit more movement, a little bit more confusion on that play, but you see the difference between a team that's actually a team and built their habits and knows what they want to do, where Tatum is like, I'm taking out the shooter. I'm not even taking a step away from him. Horford's like, I'm defending the rim. Jalen Brown's like, this is my guy, but I know I have to help if there's a drive. Like, that is what is happens when you have a team that builds habits, that actually plays together. Um, that's actually on a string defensively that you, in fact, can play good transition defense in a moment like that. So, okay, let's let's backtrack a little bit. The last four minutes are fascinating. The Celtics, I thought they got really good shots for the most part. Every possession, I rewatched the last four minutes. They were up 13 mm-hmm. with four minutes to go, and they end up almost going down one. They're an inch away from going down one with about 15 seconds to go. It would have been one of the all-time collapses in the history of the sport, (laughs) which, you know, they won, and there's no asterisk here, but, like, those last four minutes Can I I be honest? Like, we're mm -hmm. doing the the finals preview. Those last four minutes are so ingrained in my head that I'm like lower on Boston than I would have been had like they just simply <laughs> won that game normally. It was crazy. I mean, it's okay. So let's let they were up 13, I think, with a little over four minutes to go. And the Heat were basically like, we are selling out with doubles on Tatum. We are doubling Tatum. And like, smart, do what you got to do. As soon as he crosses half court and the Celtics were using Tatum or whoever was guarding, um, whoever Max Struess was guarding, they were using his man, as they've done all series long, really, to screen for Tatum. Whether Tatum was on the ball, whether Tatum was off the ball, it didn't matter. Lowry and Struess were going to blitz Tatum on every play. Tatum made every right read. He made every right pass out of the double. And... The Miami Heat did a great job of being like, okay, um, Marcus Smart, if you beat us with a three, you beat us with a three. Yeah. And Marcus Smart took the right shots. You got to take those shots. I have no problem with any of them. He drove on Bam on the last play where he missed the layup, tough layup over Bam. That That's one was the, one the where best. Jimmy the yeah, that was the only decision that I, I don't remember the exact time left on the shot clock was the only thing. That was the only one where I was like, best looks probably not to challenge Bam. Although, like, Derek White apparently is just the best one-on-one player in the world, hitting shots over Bam all series. 
Um, yeah. So, <laughs> what did your what did your mom call Derek White? Over, Over smart. smart. Yeah, because she kept it. going for those uh, those steals. Oh, love man. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I mean, speaking of Derek White, it was very interesting that Grant. Can Williams I just say? Played. Can I just say okay. that you called your shot with Derek White like months ago when you wrote a story about how he's exactly what Boston needed, and then he's had some huge games in the playoffs and there was like, we've seen the people, some people in Boston, some people out of Boston should Brad Stevens have made this trade. What about the pick swap he gave up and you called your shot and he's been fantastic during the playoffs. And now that he's a big reason why they're in the finals, you know, he's a new father. It's yeah. just new yeah. dad energy. Yeah. A lot of confidence with yeah. him. Um, shout out to both baby Hendrix's yeah. in the Boston Celtics <laughs> yeah. organization yeah. right now. Um, no, it was just interesting to me that Derek White was not on the floor for basically the entire fourth quarter of that game seven. Like, I mean, I, I, it's crazy because he's not a bad defender, but I think Jimmy was having success against him, and I think they were not switching in the way they wanted to switch with White on the floor at that point. Mm-hmm. That could be. Um, they just went with Grant Williams instead, mm-hmm. and down the stretch... Grant Williams wasn't really spaced on the floor at all yeah. and wasn't really much. I mean, he had one play. Lowry stripped him. It was the one play where um, Smart didn't take the shot where Grant, basically, they don't even screen. It was one of those plays where the Celtics just like Tatum is just dribbling at the top. I think Oladipo was on him mm-hmm. because on the previous play, Oladipo missed a pull up and Tatum made his move with like seven on the shot clock, no screen. And I think the closest defender was Struess. Maybe it was Lowry. I can't remember. Who just ran to Tatum to double him at the top of the key. And um, Tatum made a great read, found a cutting Grant Williams along the baseline. Grant Williams with like four on the shot clock had an opportunity to lay it up i guess he was right next to the rim and lowry came in and made a strip i I mean they they, that was i thought like tatum was it was that was a fascinating chess match at the end of the game because they're doubling tatum tatum's making the right pass but i just thought the heat were rotating like their hair was on fire like watching them scramble those last few minutes and just sell out like (laughs) <laughs> knowing the stakes, knowing how tired everyone was, was uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, th- there was a long two that Marcus Smart took and missed at the free throw line. And when you go back and <clears throat> watching it live, Jalen Brown is quote unquote open in the corner and Marcus could have hit him. But then when you like really look at it, it's like Jimmy Butler is so good at hiding in the weeds. <laughs> yeah. He would have picked that pass off yeah. and Marcus knew it. And so you got to, you got to live with those shots. Yeah. It's like, that's just kind of what it is. Okay. This series was all about these teams making each other take and make tough shots, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. From BBC radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. 
Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. So, I mean, did you think that Miami was going to win at any point during that run? Like, did what was your, just take me back to like your mindset. I know you said you didn't think Jimmy Shaw was going in. I was 100% confident it was going in. Um, <laughs> just what it did. Not did, until, what, what, not, not, the only time I really had a like, they could win this was when Smart missed the layup and Jimmy had the ball. And I was like, wow. It was just so improbable. And the first minute of it, you're like, is this a fake comeback? <laughs> like the, but then it turned into a real comeback. Struess's um, huge three over Horford. Listen, I know Struess got targeted, but I think he was like a plus four in this game. Actually, shockingly, in 35 minutes, the fact that Struess was able to be on the floor in the fourth quarter of a game like this is is honestly like insane. <laughs> Like, this guy started at Lewis College, um, and, you know, closed. I mean, I know Hero was injured, but I think he was closing over Hero in the series anyway. It's just really remarkable for that guy. He like, had a tip dunk. He, he did. back tip and, dunk. And, uh, he, listen, he's going to get scored on by guys like Tatum and Brown, but the fact that he's able to survive, the number of times that he's able to survive... It, Shout out to him, man. He hit the big the big three. We haven't talked about the Struce three that got taken off the board. Um, but it wasn't until Jimmy had the ball where I was like, they have a chance. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, because it was, you know, they're in transition to, you know, the fact that they have a chance to go off a miss is huge for them. That was the only time I was like, they have a chance to win this, but. And you know, I think because it was like four minutes to go, you already reached that point of acceptance. Like, oh, the season is over. This was a lot of fun. Jimmy had another great. And then you're like, but that was the only time where I thought they could actually pull this off. I was very so nervous at half so, so it was like three <laughs> seconds. So it was like three seconds where I was like, oh, my God. And then he's pulling up for the three. And I think I was like, oh, no. I think I said that out loud. I made some kind of noise. I don't. I don't know what was going on. Basically blacked out. Um, I did think they would make it a game, and I, they did make it a game. They made it a game early in the fourth, and I thought that was the, like that four-minute stretch from 10 minutes to six minutes was the game. And I mean, We haven't talked about Tatum, who's making insane shots down the stretch. Like, so good. Um, the, three, the, the three that made it 93-81, left wing, filthy. He shook Jimmy. I like... You, Jimmy had the scouting report in his brain. He knew the side that Tatum wanted to go to because that is the exact same shot he hit over Drew. And it's very everyone knew the play. Everyone yeah. knew where it was going. Jimmy guessed wrong, and or I should say Tatum. I don't even know, man. Like Tatum, I think he went against players. Tennessee. It really, and it, I think it was like if those guys ran that play when they both are like fresh, it goes differently, and it's like. That's just such a good part about the playoffs. It's like the mental focus it takes when you're so tired um, is such a great subplot of all these games. But yeah, that was just two two guys like 
Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. It was a great chat, great reverse pivot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't know. There's like we could spend a whole show talking about this one game, and I don't really think we should do that for your mental health. But I will <laughs> say that Bam Adebayo um, is awesome, and he was awesome. He's forever awesome. Yeah, he was really good in this game, and. I don't know. I feel like I, I can't speak for Heat Twitter. I feel like and maybe there's a this section is a good way for us there's to a section. segue into where the Heat go next. But like Heat Twitter is like down on BAM. There's and I a, just like, what are you guys talking about? There's the people who know, know. There's like a section of like, you're always going to find a section of fans on every team who for some reason just don't like, like one of their best players for some dumb reason. Um, Bam was phenomenal. I mean, he missed a couple shots you'd like him to make, but then you look up and it's like, okay, he shot 12 of 21. Like, um, and it's not like he's like just finishing lobs. Like he was hitting tough shots that whole game. Um, Mm -hmm. I think what made me feel better about that game was like our best players played great. Jimmy Butler was fantastic. Bam was really, really, really good. And you live with, you miss some free throws, you miss, you know, you miss threes. And like, if that's how you lose, that's how you lose. Like, you want to see your best players step up, and they did. We can get to Lowry, who I think is another people, another person a lot of Heat fans are like sick of. I think that they are forgetting like how good he looked when he was healthy. The the problem is, of course, is that he's an older point guard, and that's kind of the risk you take. We've seen Mm -hmm. guys his age and his position have trouble making it through an entire playoff. So, yeah, to me, the idea that you want to do anything with Bam, like, he's not probably not going to go up against a tougher matchup than the Celtics, like, in the league right now. Like, who else has a front line that varied and that good? Um, I mean, if they had one of the Williams alone, and then they have Horford and the other one, um... And the fact that he was able to have big games against them, I know he wasn't able to do it consistently, but yeah, he's not going to get a tougher matchup in the league. And he he showed that he could play well against them on both ends of the floor. So yeah, I think, I think if the heat, there's anything like Butler and Bam both brought it when they needed them to the most. So Spo did not play Caleb Martin in this game. He did not play duncan robinson in this game which i'm not surprised at all by by that one um he did play victor oladipo the entire fourth quarter and victor oladipo took a shot i think it was at the end of the third to try to get the two the for two one for that one. wasn't two for one that was tough he got caught that was, in the middle i yeah. mean that was uh they immediately, I mean, ESPN's production team yeah. was like, we are going to zoom in on Eric Spolster's face now. That's how bad of a shot that yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> we got the I, reaction shot. I think they needed Oladipo's defense, especially with Tucker, I guess. I don't, they're saying Tucker was hurt. I think they realized that offensively, if Tucker like misses his first corner three, like it was just a bad matchup for him. This series, like that he got caught in bad matchups all series because Tucker is nominally their power forward. But if he's guarding Tatum, like your matchups are kind of all messed up. I, you know, Oladipo was a plus 16 in this game. (laughs) I mean, he came in after the Celtics basically went up big. 
Um, obviously, I don't think he was that good, but he took some shots in the fourth that were not ideal. Let's say that. At the same time, I think his – listen, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think his defense in this series was spectacular, um, on ball at least. And I think you can live with some of the shots he took only because – they kind of needed someone other than Jimmy to try to do something off the dribble at times. He was their third leading scorer in this series. Yeah. That's that's mind boggling. Yeah, honestly, I don't mean to. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to like insult Victor Oladipo. Yeah. But no, it's but pretty like, shocking. It's pretty shocking. I mean, I know, and I know Tyler Hero was hurt, but that's not a recipe for success. I agree. Victor Oladipo is. I agree. Yeah, I mean. It'll be interesting to see what he does this offseason. I think if he, like, sold out on being, like, a 3 and D guy, he could be really good. He'd have to, like, really practice on taking those kinds of threes specifically. But I don't know if he wants to do that at this point in his career, and I, I wouldn't blame him. But I, to me, there were enough flashes there where I think that he was – I think he was a net positive for them in this series. We're gonna have to agree to disagree on that one, but let's talk about. I, I know that you. I, 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 I don't know, man. His on-ball defense was just so important when a lot of their guys, like I would, I felt more comfortable as a fan when he was in the game as opposed to Hero. As opposed to here, okay, great. This is a great segue for yeah. where we're going next. Then, where do the Heat? What happens to the Heat right now? Because Jimmy's older and amazing, but. You know, I think you and I, you and, pri- you and I have the same prime. question. Can he do this again? I think that look, I I've always been a um, I'm a huge Jimmy Butler fan. I think he's amazing. Um, I went back and I reread a story, a profile that I wrote about him the summer before he went into the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I was just reading all these quotes that he gave me. Sitting, I'll never forget, sitting in his home theater uh, with a blanket over him, offered me the blanket, (laughs) uh, offered me the Michelob Ultra. There was a popcorn machine. He wanted some popcorn. And his quotes and his honesty about how he just thinks that the reason people can't get along with him is because he he doesn't understand why people don't, don't want it as much as he does. He's just like, why would you not want everything? Mm-hmm. At all times. Why are you not willing to work as hard as yeah. I am? Um, I have so much respect for him. Um, and I think that, like, uh, there's really no question for me that he can be the best player in a champion. That, like, was never, are you gonna, I never really. Are we going to put him above Trey Young in the top 100 next year? <laughs> I think heading into next season, he'll probably get there. Okay, um, okay. Would be a, a yeah. hint there for yeah. no no spoilers. Yeah. Um. He's just an amazing player, and I think that you know they have him under contract for. He's they have him under contract for four years. I think they have like a two-year window. I think there's two more years that you could realistically expect Jimmy to play at this level. So, yes, I think the Heat are smart enough to understand that, and I think that you need supplementary pieces offensively, in particular, to carry the load. Mm-hmm. Lowry is also old, very old, and he could fall off a cliff at any minute. Honestly. Um, the question here, the trigger point is Tyler Hero, and he's eligible for an extension this summer, which they don't have to give him. They do not have to give him an extension. If 
and it's really interesting because one of the insult to injury things for Miami is that coming off of this playoff run and this series particular, his value is probably not where you want it to be if you're Miami. His, his, his value, value is super high in February, pretty good headed into the playoffs, and is murky at best now. It is an interesting question. He's obviously going to ask for the max. Like, he wants the max. I think he just there's won a, sixth man of the year. I think there's a 0% chance he gets the max from Miami. 0%. Okay. Yeah. I think it's maybe 5%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's it's high at all. Um, he's one of the type of players, though, that you could see them, if they were to give him the max, quickly pivoting away from that and trying to trade him, I think. Would be, I think they're going to try to trade him this summer. Oh, yes. I think that that goes I, without so let's, saying. So let's cut to the chase. I think that they are going to have to see what they can get for Hero Robinson and some combination of Vincent or Struess and picks and see if that gets you anyone. What they need, they need to figure out, and I wrote about this, what can we do to make our half-court offense? Their half-court offense is even slightly better or even, you know, yeah. If, if their, off- their half-court offense is two or three points per possession better, they might win this series. Um I mean, if you okay, but if you were, if you're the Heat, also to to but you can't sacrifice what you want to do defensively, which is to yes, but to to give the Heat a little bit of um, to be bullish on this version of the Heat, I'll say the lineup of Jimmy PJ, who also is not getting younger, um, Bam, Kyle Lowry, and Tyler Hero played three minutes. In the postseason, but and coming I, into this year, I thought that that lineup. I, th- I, I think those are their five best players. I know you don't agree. I think those are f- their five best players. Um, maybe Struess is somewhere in that conversation, and maybe Struess instead of Tucker could be something to kind of alleviate the offense a little bit. But then playing Struess and Hero at the same time yeah. against a team like Boston would be pretty not great for you. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you that trading Hero is probably the move here. Trading just, Duncan Robinson is probably I a see, move that they we, will look to I make. think there's a reason ultimately why that lineup you're talking about, though, just didn't play that much. And I think it's because Spo knew, like, Hero is a huge problem defensively. And maybe it's, in fact, not smart to make him a decision maker over Jimmy Butler or Kyle Lowry. Um it's interesting because all season. Think, okay, let me ask you this question, Ron. Do you think if Tyler Hero never strained his groin that the Heat would have won this series? No, you don't. I don't think he was ultimately the difference. I, th- I mean, bro, when they put Tatum on him, I was like, this guy's got to get the ball out, like, <laughs> like swing it. I mean, I don't think he. I I don't know that he can consistently succeed against playoff level intensity defenses that are trapping him, that are putting their best defenders on him when he's not coming in in the second quarter and playing against a team's bench for six minutes in a row. Um, and guys like Tatum and Brown are playing 44 minutes a night. Like, I don't know that he can consistently succeed against teams like that. I don't, yeah. I, I, Do you, you think know, the Heat win ta- this series with the healthy hero? 
I mean, I think that they scored 82 and 80 in games four and five. And I think that had more them. to do with Jimmy being not right. Well, okay, but then not having Hero kind of yeah, exacerbates I, so, that Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, I will say that think, this is the most impressed I was with the Heat all season. It was Even though they got blown out a couple times in the series, like I didn't think they had this in them. <laughs> I I give them a little more credit than that. Yeah. Um I think I'm a little higher on them than you were coming into the playoffs. Yeah. I didn't think they uh, could come one shot away theoretically from beating the Celtics. I, that was to me in many ways really really impressive. Also, you brought up Tucker. I just want to say you mentioned he's not getting any younger. This guy's 37 and he was like I'm guarding Tatum. Like he's just a madman. I, I, I love him. I absolutely love PJ Tucker. Yeah, PJ Tucker. Yeah, um, he was my favorite interview. Probably, actually, Haslam was my favorite interview yeah. for the Spo feature that I wrote last week. But Tucker was—I mean, Tucker was making me like I was la- yeah. transcribing. You know when you transcribe an interview <laughs> yeah. and you're like laughing too much, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, yeah. I can't hear what the person yeah, said. I'm an idiot. Yeah, that was me trying to transcribe my PJ Tucker interview. Um, do you think that? Tyler Hero plus two unprotected first plus a little bit of salary is enough to get Donovan Mitchell to the Miami Heat. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I, throwing red meat at you. I don't. <laughs> I've joked all year that like Utah's gonna love the two of them on the team. Listen, do we do we think it's enough? No, you know how I felt about Hero. Do I think there's a realm of the universe where it could happen? Yes, it would take. You know, you've just seen weird stuff happen in the NBA. Um, Again, I don't think it's likely. It would take Donovan probably, like, specifically requesting going to Miami. And I don't know. It would just take a lot of things to happen for that package to somehow work. But Dwayne Wade, the sleeper cell. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it worked with Jimmy. Um, I think that they could get... I like to go through and really look through, but... I think there are ways for them to kind of upgrade the half court without uh, sacrificing too much defense. I still think they should maybe try to go after a guy like Harrison Barnes, um, who I think could have made a big difference in the series. Yeah, I think that Duncan Robinson's future with the team is very murky right now, very Mm -hmm. questionable. I think they will try to move off from him, and I think that they may need to attach draft capital to get off that contract which could just confuse everything but at the same time i think this team is like one pretty good capable three-point shooter away that they can maybe get with the non-taxpayer mid-level i think that they have to spend this offseason from i mean they just they need they need another three like if caleb martin i know he shot really well from behind the three-point line during the regular season. But the Celtics just didn't respect him mm-hmm. at all. And he so also, didn't... he didn't look right. I think this is like, he looked like one of those guys that was like, clearly this is the most games you've, basketball games you've played in a year in your life. Um, Like, he was like their most athletic player during the season, and he didn't look like that in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Okay, so, Rowan, I actually have a surprise for you that I did not include in the outline. Oh, God. It's an email from Hedda. From Norway, who writes... Can I just say one last thing real quick? Because sure. I know people have been looking forward to this pod. They like There was no trash talk between me and Mike during the series. I, think, I described it as a Cold War. It That's really, basically I think what it, it was. was. To me, it was more like I think Mike and I realized how stressed the other one was every night watching these games. And yes. we just we just kind of left each other alone. Like all I the did stress was tag of the series on Instagram, enough. yes, with Peyton Pritchard, which was funny, photos. which was funny. But the stress, <laughs> the stress of the series was enough for Mike and I. Okay, so it, I agree one hundred percent. Okay, yeah. so here comes uh, this email. I bet Rohan is feeling pretty hyped for the new season of Love Island UK. Wow. And I hope the off-season will allow us to get some random Rohan Love Island talk. May I propose a five-minute segment each time Rohan is on dedicated to the subject? I don't even watch Love Island. <laughs> I just love Rohan randomly bringing it up. Wow. Keep up the good work. So this, I just... This... I was keeping that email in the coffers for you for a rainy wow. day. You knew um, I needed that. That's a good co-host and teammate right yeah. there. Um, we should, I don't know that we need a full five minutes. We could do a Love Island minute, perhaps. <laughs> um, <you laughs> when know, is it coming back? Uh, I believe June 6th. It's coming back. So next week. You just have the exact date. So I, I was texting, stop. I was texting a friend the other week who was like Love Island back June 6th. And I was like, that's perfect. That's the day after game two of the finals. I'll be back in Los Angeles. Let's watch together. Um, so yeah, maybe we could do a Love Island minute. I'm excited, extremely excited to see what the lads and lasses are up to. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. I think, uh, you know, I don't, I've seen recently on Instagram that Chloe and Toby and Liam and Millie are back to posting photos together. I'm still don't think, right. I'm pretty confident right. both of them <laughs> have broken up, but, uh, you know, I'm excited to see which uh, couples make it out of the house this season, out of the villa, sorry. The villa. Okay, yeah. so that's great. We will maybe have. Thank the, you, Heather. That Love made Island my day. Minute. That made my day. Yeah. yeah, we'll have the Love Island UK version um, <laughs> minute going forward. I suppose we can we can do that when the show comes back next week. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk finals. Let's, let's preview the series. We made um, it, man. Oh man, we made it. We're here. We're here. Yeah, Very we, exciting stuff. It's going to be so weird to go from basketball. I mean, obviously we haven't had it the last couple of nights but when there's two days off between a game like now i'm gonna go crazy i've been conditioned to just have basketball on every single night as have i um this finals 
is incredibly fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I'm writing a, a pretty big preview right now that I've been working on for the last couple days. And there's so many intriguing individual matchups. There's so many fascinating schematic potential adjustments um, from series to – I should say from game to game, from quarter to quarter – how often the Warriors will be small. Will they be small at all? Mm. Um, They've kind of the gotten sel- rid of the three-guard stuff for the most part. I will say, though, that, hey, man, the playoffs are about matchups. It's and true. And I think, like, I just I think mean, we can get, we'll, we'll get into yeah. it, but, like. I think I, their new death lineup includes Otto Porter. Oh, I, I thought their death lineup at, at all times included Otto Porter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. like Wiggins, Porter, Draymond, Steph, and either Poole or Thompson is the way for them. Okay, so let's like. There's so many different yeah, ways we can sure. get into this. It's very, very meaty. Um, I think these are the two. I think these are like you know this 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 season. Um, there was a lot of parity, a lot of unpredictability. I feel like these are the two best teams. Despite my mentions are filled with like, you know, Chris Middleton was hurt. Uh, John Morant was hurt. Uh, who else got hurt <laughs> on the path yeah, here? Yeah. Um, and it's just like, okay, but these these are the two best teams. Listen, this was the year where I think we agree. These were the two best teams. Although I do think Phoenix deserves to be in that conversation. They deserve it, and they got absolutely trounced. Yeah, and we we seven. can we something's going to come Fair out about square. something's going to come out <laughs> about that game. Square. But okay. but I think what these playoffs have proven is the right team could have beaten one of these teams. But credit to them, they won. You know they they won. Like I'm with you. Yeah, there's a long way of me saying that there's parity and. Us calling these the two best teams is not a shade to other teams. Like, teams no. are very bunched up together. You know, I think Phoenix could have beaten Golden State. I think Miami obviously had a shot against Boston. Like, you know, us calling them the best teams isn't to say, like, oh, like, finally we got rid of all the other crap around the league. Like, um, No, this isn't, like, um, yeah. the Warriors-Cavs that, like the, that yes. matchup, that series was so just like inevitable. Like yeah. I remember every Christmas when they would play, it was yeah. like, "All right, pay attention because yeah. these two teams yep. are going to play in the finals." And that's just not what this was. And I think that that's really cool and good for the the sport and the league for sure. Um, and also something that some may think is good for the sport and the league is that the Warriors have eight players on their roster who were drafted by that organization. The Celtics have seven players on their roster who were drafted by the Celtics. That's number one and number two in the league in terms of team building. No, let's which- let's say this is this is a good matchup for the league. The Warriors are great for the league. I asked Steph about it after game five in Dallas, and he actually gave just a really good answer about the trust him, Draymond, and Clay. You don't get to see this in the NBA anymore. And I I I think I started my question like a lot of teams were put together to kind of beat you guys, and he's like he's like, giving us too much credit. Like no one was trying to beat us the last two years, um, and but I was like you know how come you guys have been able to withstand like all the movement? And he's like 
me, Dre, and Clay started when things weren't very good and we built the trust over time. Like, they are great for the league. Like, Tatum and Brown, like, if they played together for the next 10 years, that would be awesome. Like, we just don't get to see it anymore. Like, and it's fun. It's fun rooting for guys where it's like, they might not win five rings because they didn't, you know, find the best superstar partnership at every turn, but they won one championship and lost in another finals. But for 10 years, like that group was always there. That's awesome. That's a league I want to watch personally. So I'm really excited about this matchup. Spolstra had interesting words after game seven, I think, or maybe it was during his exit interview. I can't remember where he said that the Celtics probably did it the way you're supposed to, where you have smart, Tatum and Jalen, you draft those guys. You don't trade any of them despite, you know, when things are really muddy and there's dark clouds hovering. You don't give up on that triumvirate, that core, and you continue to build. You continue to go through pain together. And that's uh, that's definitely something he learned from his boss. Well, yes, it, yeah. it's, it's shades of Pat Riley's. Yeah saying that basically to LeBron when LeBron yeah. left to go back to Cleveland. When you lose, that doesn't mean you pick it up, pack it up. It's and true, though. It's sh- true. Skip town. It's so true. So, I, and not to be like, be like, oh, Riley was right, like LeBron was wrong. Like That's not even about, but like teams go through losses. Like all the great teams, like all the great players did. Um, like, yeah. Uh, including the Warriors. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Who had the most epic collapse, one of the most epic monumental collapses in the sports history in 2016. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is a very meta, like, big picture conversation. But, we, but we're, we're both, not- but we're jazzed about it. It, it, it's, it should be mentioned, like, this is a great thing for the league. And I, I love this era we're in where it's a little bit post movement. And maybe we go back to this a little bit. It's just, you like you you get attached to storylines you get attached to careers you get attached to arcs you get attached to narratives and you know the rising and falling and it's awesome it's really cool so okay let's talk about i agree let's talk about this series i have a couple questions that i gave you in our outline mm-hmm. the first one is just what what are some of the most important individual matchups and this is a reductive question in the sense that both of these teams are going to be switching constantly mm-hmm. on ball off ball they were built to switch um the Celtics switched more than any other team in the NBA this season uh they will put certain defenders on certain offensive players to uh neutralize the need to switch mm-hmm. i.e like I would anticipate Jason Tatum starting on Draymond Green and oh interesting I was gonna ask you about who starts on Draymond yeah you don't I think, think it's gonna that, be who do you, then who does Rob guard they could put Rob that's it's I mean Rob could it well okay so I mean this gives us the question of who is going to start for the Warriors is Kevon Looney going to start? I think that at least in game one Looney and Draymond will start together. Kerr is not going to change his lineup, <laughs> which Warriors fans probably know too well. Like, I don't think he's going to change his lineup until he's pushed to do so. Like, you could argue in the Mavs series, he probably should have gotten rid of the Draymond Looney combo lineups at some point, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think he's absolutely going to start with Draymond and Looney because, in my mind, 
Rob is guarding Draymond because he doesn't have to guard him, and we already want Rob to roam. But then I was going to say that does create an issue because Draymond's just going to keep calling Steph into handoffs, and that's probably why you put Tatum on greed is because someone's going to mm-hmm. have to you know, show on those handoffs when Steph has the ball behind the three-point line. But then again, who does Rob guard? Does he If he's playing Looney, then do you put Horford on Wiggins? I think you can survive that. Um, it's just, yeah, it's really interesting. And so, tell uh, me how. Tell me you've you've. Tell me how you've laid it out in your mind. Starting five versus starting five. I mean, you could you could start off with it a little bit more straight up. Um, you could have Tatum and Wiggins. I mean, so what's interesting about the cross matching is like Draymond is not going to guard Tatum on the other end. So what the Warriors are going to want is to put Wiggins put Wiggins on on Tatum. That's mm-hmm. where that's the player he pr- predominantly defended during the regular season. You'll put Clay on him a little bit as well. And I I think also Gary Payton the 2nd who was in the starting lineup before mm-hmm. he got hurt. If he's able to play, you'll put him on Tatum. Um Tatum that's kind of like low key one of the best type of defenders to put on Tatum. Um, the Heat put Lowry on. I was gonna him. say Lowry was having some good possessions against him in the second half of that game. That is, uh, it's like, and if you go back and watch the regular season matchups, GP two picked Tatum up full court for stretches, mm-hmm. and that's kind of I think we'll see a lot of that if Gary Payton the second is healthy. So. I'm a little curious to see who even starts for Golden State, and it, it really that will dictate everything. But I think the Celtics should have some confidence, honestly, with Horford on Wiggins, with Tatum on Draymond, and with Rob Williams on Kavon Looney. Hmm. And like, if that were to happen, I think you'll see a, a little bit more or an uptick in the Steph Looney pick and roll. You'll see um, a little bit more of Looney, like, you know, triggering a lot of those DHOs, Looney Mm -hmm. setting a lot of off-ball screens, because Rob is, you know, he wants to help off. And if you get caught sleeping and Looney sets this wide pin down for Clay Thompson and he catches Jalen and Jalen loses track of clay. All of a sudden it's a wide open three like that at the snap of your fingers. So, I mean, it's really tricky. And then like maybe the matchup, maybe Rob isn't looking good. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, Grant Williams is going to get a lot of minutes now. And that really simplifies everything where you can put Grant on Andrew Wiggins and be perfectly fine. Like that is Grant Williams can guard a lot of different types of players, including wings who are, pretty good independent shot creators like that's a that's a matchup boston so there's just so many options like my brain is like leaking trying to think about all yeah, of them it's, and a, all the it's a weird series and it's like who's gonna go small first i, I think is a, an interesting question here i think it's almost definitely going to be golden state um but then does that affect what boston's going to do uh like this just might not be looney's series yeah. And he's been fantastic but, in the playoffs. And at the same time, I'm kind of like, I could Jordan see- Poole is like, 
Okay. Let, I asked you, my next question for you was like who the biggest X factors are on each team. And I'm toggling pool back is, and forth. Pool is more like a lightning rod. <laughs> yeah, he's not really much of an X factor. Like my X factor is Wiggins and I can go in and talk mm-hmm. about him in a second. But like pool is a fascinating barometer, I guess is a way to put it for um, Golden State's success in the series because he he will get hunted. You thought Max Truce got yes, hunted? Yeah. He will go if you go back and watch the last time these two teams played. I mean, just look at what the Mavs I mean, just look at what started to happen to him in the playoffs. I mean, he's getting you know, yeah, I agree. He's gonna get absolutely put into every Sweden role. I just wanna hop back to something you said real quick, or you said this might not be a sure. Looney series. I think it's not going to be a Looney and Draymond together series. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a Warriors need one big on the court series, but I don't think that they can get away with playing Luli and Draymond together as much as they have in the last couple rounds. Yeah, I think that it would behoove Golden State to try their best to get Rob Williams off the floor. Like, he... Like, so many... The Golden State Warriors don't live at the rim, but they have a lot of success finishing at the rim. I think they're shooting 70% at the rim in the playoffs and we're like 68 or 69% mm-hmm. during the regular season, which was first or second in the league. And Rob at his best, which he has not been, and Ime Udoka said today that the days off should help his bone bruise in his knee because he was not moving. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked like he was nothing in game seven. He yeah. couldn't give them anything. If Rob looks more like 85, 90% of the Rob that made them look invincible during the regular season, and he's flying around, and he's, you know, when you beat, when you get a step on your man on a back cut, and all of a sudden it's a wide open layup, but then Rob appears and he just erases it off the glass, like that's when the Celtics are at their best. And if Rob can be that, and you can take him out of the series because you've downsized and you're spacing the floor and you're hitting your threes, then. That's really going to be beneficial to Golden State, obviously. It's also like so, when Golden State goes smaller, they move around so much more than a team. Like, And Miami's not like a – I mean, they turned into it a little bit with Jimmy, but Miami's not like – they're not like the Mavs with Luka, right, where it's like Jimmy's pounding the ball at the top of the key. Um, William, Rob is going to have to move a lot more in this series than he did in the last one. Yes, which is why I think Grant Williams will get yeah. a lot of playing time. I think Derek White will get a lot of playing mm-hmm. time. I mean, he's their sixth man, so yeah. But it's do you okay? So for in terms of X factors, who are you look like looking at where you're not exactly sure what you're gonna get from them, but they could really swing things either way, and they are critical for for their respective team. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. 
With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Horford's a big one for me, and I don't know if he's maybe graduated past X Factor because he's had big games during the playoffs. Um, he didn't score a ton by the end of the Miami series, but he was still such an important part um, of the team only because Horford's done a great job switching. I do think that – I don't think the Warriors are going to seek him out, but if there's moments where he's the only big on the floor, let's say, um, let's say they go Jalen, Jason, Smart, White, Horford, a lineup that I know you like, a lineup that mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense for them. There's going to be moments where he's on an island with Steph. Um, he, I don't think it's like they're going to throw him the ball on the block and ask him to one-on-one with Draymond, but I think he's also no, going to have they some, won't. <laughs> um, but he's going to have some opportunities offensively in this series, I think, as well. So I'm just I'm curious to see how he fits into this matchup because I agree it's a it's like a big Grant series as well, but I don't know I'm kind of expecting both teams to only have one big on the floor in the fourth. Mm-hmm. I think Horford's really interesting because um, when Golden State goes zone, which I expect them to do quite a bit in this well, series, especially when Poole is on the floor. Yes, Horford has been kind of like a zone. Buster. I mean, he's he's busting the, presence. He's maybe them. one of the best players in the league at actually. Everyone's always like, it's a zone flash to the middle, and he's probably the only guy that does it consistently in the NBA. He do, not only does he do it, but like you, like a free throw jumper for him has traditionally been a layup, but he's also one of the best passing bigs in the league. Yeah, where like he'll get it. He'll look to spray out to a wide open Tatum. Like the defense has to collapse on him because he can hit that shot. Yeah. So he's a threat. So he's been like their offensive numbers in the zone with him on the floor all season have been terrific. And I think that'll be like the most critical component of his impact offensively. He's less um much he's less of a scoring threat against a team that can switch everything. That's mm-hmm. why you saw his scoring numbers go down against Miami against a team that drops. Like the Milwaukee Bucks, yeah, he's yeah pick and pop all and, day. And, I mean, but they were also leaving him in the corners, which was getting out of hand. But yes, um, very true. Um, so what's really fascinating to me, I think a lot of people, and this is not rocket science or breaking news or anything, but Boston has the best defense in the league. Golden State has the best offense in the playoffs. During the regular season, they were 16th, I think, but. Steph missed a bunch of time, yeah. and, and Clay weird. missed like the whole season. Steph weirdly missed a bunch of threes too for like mm-hmm. three months. Yeah, so like I think this offense should be respected. They they just diced up. I mean, the, the story of the Mavericks series is that the Mavericks were like just chop suit, and the Warriors like, have <laughs> chop suit. The Warriors also have a really good defense, by the way. Um, yes, at least in the regular season. Who are we making picks on this podcast? We're going to okay. in, a, in a minute, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just chomping at the bit. Um, but what I wanted to say was, who do you think has the advantage? And do you think the series will come down to Boston's defense versus Golden State's offense? Or will like the margins kind of 
be evened out there mm. and like it'll more be Boston's offense, their ability to exploit pool, their ability to hopefully for them um, have success hunting Steph Curry, which I imagine they'll be doing a ton of with Tatum, with Jalen um, and being efficient on that end. Um, will that be the tale of the series or, or do you think it'll just be like, cause I, I'm, I'm kind of on the side of, uh, Boston's defense versus Golden State's offense is like those are the possessions where I'm just like on the edge of my seat. I can't wait. to I'm watch. really, be really excited to watch it. It's interesting though because Clay is also not who he used to be as a defender, and in the fourth quarter, I don't think they're going to close with Pool in this series. So if you're closing with Steph, Clay. Porter, Wiggins, Draymond. I think Tatum can go after Clay and Steph. And I think Jalen can definitely go after Steph. Um, I think it's going to be interesting, man. I know what you're saying. I agree that the intrigue in this series lies with how uh, Boston defends Golden State, but... <laughs> I'm curious to see what Golden State does um, to try to get out of Tatum on Curry down the you know in the last five minutes of every game. Curry and Poole during the regular season when they were drawn into actions showed everything. They never so, yeah, switched. So, and then they were doing they against double. Dallas too. Like they were mostly hedging and recovering on Luca. Mm-hmm. I think the difference is Boston can play five out. But they also, I think, have the ball handlers to take advantage of a hedge and recover scheme in a way that Dallas did not. Precisely. And there's a big difference between Reggie Bullock getting the ball in a four on three. Yes. And Jalen And Brown. Marcus Smart yes, or Derek agree. White. Yeah. So I think that that could be, uh, a, that's a humongous like pivot point in the series. And, and Tatum's done a tr- tre- and- tremendous job getting the ball out of the ball, off the ball, I should say, quick. In those situations. Yeah, you were going to say. And just like the size of like if Jalen is the person getting the ball, which I don't think they're going to double off of him often, but there's going to be times like there's a huge difference between him and even Jalen Brunson, who we both like. Like Jalen's bigger. He's a better playmaker. Like when he's not turning the ball over, um, like, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Like their defense is going to be, I think, scrambling. And they were they were in pretty heavy rotation against Dallas and some of those hedge and recovers against Luca. They're going to be in like really heavy rotation. It's going to take a lot of defensive focus from Golden State. Yeah, the the Celtics don't need. Look, I'll just say like, if you had to build a defense in a in a lab to slow down Steve Kerr's offense, like this is it. Yeah, this the Celtics defense is it. They have no vulnerabilities, no weak points. The closest defense that came to it was 2018, the Rockets. And that offense had Kevin Durant to bail them out. Yeah. So I look at it and it's just like, I don't think that it's a cakewalk at all to just say, okay, we're just going to switch everything on on ball, off ball, and flatten you out. I don't think you can do that against this Warriors team. Like they're too, the passing's too precise. The cuts are too meaningful and done with purpose. You can't you can't just say okay because we have great individual defenders and we switch we're gonna be golden. Mm-hmm. But I no do think that 
yes, no pun intended. But I do think that, like, that this is the recipe to have a lot of success defensively against this team and their ability to execute consistently in the half court, regardless of cross mass cross matches. Um, that'll dictate the series, I think, and decide who wins. No, I think you're right. It's and you know I know, I know that the DPRB state media has already been oh like no one's had more success against the Warriors in the Curry era than the Celtics and blah blah blah. But no, there's something to that. Um, Is that not a fact though? Are we are we just like you know bypassing? Oh yeah, like information. Sorry, sorry, I don't care with like the Kyrie Irving or the <laughs> Isaiah Thomas led Celtics did against. Um, <laughs> The Warriors in a regular season game like two years ago. Uh, uh, so I'm really, really excited for this series. Um, you know, I was in Golden State and Dallas. I saw the last three games of that series. And just being up close to Golden State, like, can tell how meaningful this is to them also. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um they're really high on Wiggins. You know, Clay was pretty emotional after that game five and talking about, you know, how he was like, I would have to be guarding these guys. Like in another world, he'd be guarding Tatum and said they have Wiggins to throw on him. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about we're not on X factors anymore, I guess. But I, I think he also you mentioned they're going to live. The Celtics might live with Grant Williams on him in scenarios. It's like it's not like Grant's a bad defender. It's like when the Celtics were like, we can live with Derek White on Jimmy Butler, like. That those are those those one-on-one battles we talk about where on paper you might expect it to go a certain way, but you still have to play it out. And I'm interested to see mm-hmm. like what Wiggins does in the series. Um it's gonna be really good. It's gonna be really fun. I'm excited for game one. So prediction time. What you got? So like I said, I was really high on the Celtics coming into the playoffs. I think I'm taking the Warriors in this series. I think Steph is the best player in the series. I think that they are as good as we think they are. They've been like spectacular with Steph and Draymond together this season. I think it was something like 39 and 11 together. Um, I, I need to find that stat. I saw someone tweet it out and now I'm just. First half of the year, they were the best team in basketball. And yeah. Steph was running away for an MVP. And I think they're going to have options, especially if GP2 comes back. They like Wiggins is playing the best basketball of his life, and yes, yeah, something about the way the Celtics teetered at times in that Miami series. I don't want to hold it too much against them because the playoffs are tough. Like you're gonna get pushed. Um, I just think that it's it's gonna be very hard for them, and I'm coming down to like these intangible things, which are maybe annoying, but I just think it's very hard for a team like Boston and its first trip to the finals to knock off a team like Golden State. It's, yeah. I mean, I think in a lot of ways this is a coin flip series. Yeah. It's close, uh, man. It's close. Like, I, yeah. It's really hard to see. Like, I could make an argument for either side and say this is why mm-hmm. they will win. This is the advantage that they have. I think that I mean, I'm going Celtics in six. That's my prediction because my faith in 
this defense kind of trounces when okay my faith in this defense combined with um tatum's proven ability to be a hunter and i don't think he'll hunt curry i think he'll hunt pool and then when pool gets played out of the series i think that that potentially gets played out of the series i think that does a lot of damage to um golden state's offense Mm -hmm. and if you look at the numbers they're at their best when steph clay and Poole are all on the court. They're all basically unstoppable. You can't guard them. So I think that I'm betting on those advantages that Boston has. Um, and Boston's just really locked in, switch everything, their length. Uh, I like Rob Williams having two days off in between most of these games to recover. I think that that's a pretty big, um, factor here and an element mm-hmm. that can't be overlooked and i think it's going to be really really close i think every game i will hope be it goes seven i think every yeah i don't think this is going to be a series where they're trading blowouts um i hope it goes seven i think if i had to pick a number i'd pick warriors in seven um i also i just think that like golden state i think is the one team that seemingly just gets like, Skur is going to go, like, 10 deep in game one, and it's going to be ridiculous. And everyone's like, why is he doing this? Why are, like, Kaminga and Moody on the floor together right now? But, like, then they get one of those guys to, like, randomly go off for a quarter, and you're like, oh, maybe his strategy does pay off. And I just think they maybe have more of those players. Like, they're going to have a quarter where GP2 hits, like, three corner threes. And it's like, we should have dominated these six minutes, but... This ha- like like they just random stuff like that happens and I I'm also a little bit biased not against the Celtics but having been around the Warriors for the end of that Mavs series um like Draymond was just walking through the tunnel after the game five like just yelling to himself like he's like they said we were done like you know <laughs> like there's just a like it's annoying to use this kind of analysis and I don't like it, but there's just something to be said about the competitive spirit of someone like him. The motivation for someone like Clay Thompson, who was like a year ago at this time, I just started jogging. He's like, I was so sick of doing a thousand calf raises a day. Like he's like every day my trainers have to tell me like, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, Hard to quantify those things. Maybe they mean very little, but yeah, man. I, just being around Golden State for the last few days and seeing Steph, who I think is like still so good, still one of the best players in the NBA, still capable. I heard of actually. Do- I heard you called him a front runner. <laughs> I, f- I forget on what platform. Um, not just, true. Just not true. <laughs> Um, yes, I am kidding. To dude, be clear, dude. please do not go after dude, Rohan. Yeah, but uh, yeah, don't look up any of my old tweets, please, Warriors fans. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, I think I'm picking Golden State just because, honestly, the like the on the court stuff is too layered, and I'm ready for the series to start because like there's going to be some matchup that neither of us expected that gets thrown out there, and it's going to make it weird. And the series is going to get so junked up by Game Seven. Like, yeah, man, I, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It is. It's going to be a great finals. I'm happy that these two teams are in it. Um, a lot of storylines. 
there's going to be legacy talk. Uh, if Steph wins a finals MVP, how great is he all time? That conversation is going to be there. If Tatum gets a finals MVP at 24 years old, his whole I mean, that just changes, obviously, the trajectory of how he's viewed his career. Um, yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Going to be a lot of fun. Um, can't wait to break these games down with you in addition to all the upcoming episodes of Love Island UK, which I will not be watching, but I'll let you talk about. The fact that you um, call it Love Island UK is so adorable. That's what it said in the email. Is that what it's called? I I mean... Am I, am I wrong? We just call it Love Island, and it's understood that you're talking about the UK version. Is there an Australian version too? There's though? an Australian and a US version, but like they're mid. No one talks about They're that. dismissed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll just call it Love Island from yeah. now on. Thank you. Um, okay. Well, I can't wait for all of that. Uh, I think that's going to do it for today's show. Rohan, thank you so much for your expertise and your insight. Thank you so much to our listeners for your emails. Please keep them coming to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Everybody, please stay safe. Everybody, enjoy the NBA Finals. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart.